Welcome to Watford Matters with Dean Russell. I'm the Member of Parliament for Watford and in these podcasts we talk to people who either are local leaders or are influencing Watford or are having a big impact on our our local and national uh, society and and I am so pleased today to welcome Mark Wilson who is one of the co-founders of Good Sam App. Now the Good Sam app, many of you may have heard over the past year due to the COVID pandemic and the incredible number of volunteers that came through it. But through a recent conversation with Mark, I realised and found out that it's so much more than that. And I was really pleased that Mark agreed to uh, do this podcast with me to talk about his background, the work that he's doing, uh, but also showcase a bit more about the Good Sam app and the amazing uh, work that it's doing. So welcome, Mark. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Dean. Thank you for inviting me. If I may, could I just uh, get some of your background? You know, if you, what what what's led you up to doing both the Good Sam app, but also the work that you do in a day job as well? Because it's it's something you do on the side in a way, isn't it? Yeah. So like we live and breathe this. So um, so my name is Mark Wilson. I'm a neurosurgeon most days of the week. Um, I'm also a pre-hospital care doctor. So I work for Kent Surrey Sussex Air Ambulance. Uh, but my real interest has always been sort of the hyperacute, the really emergency management of people who have potential brain injuries. And that includes people in cardiac arrest because they have a, a brain injury due to lack of oxygen going to their brain. Uh, and that's been my research for years. And it's, everything's been sort of delivered around that. Um, and that really, um, along with meeting the right people, uh, Ali Gorbongoli, who's one of the other co-founders, um, uh, led to, to a synergy, a combination of um, clinical need and technological expertise to provide for that clinical need. And that was about seven years ago. And that's where Good Sound originally came from, uh, this system uh, that can alert people who are trained to cardiac arrests. Uh, and this was um, uh, a, a platform really that was matching those in need, as in like those who needed CPR, uh, to those who could provide. And that's off-duty doctors, nurses, paramedics, policemen, firemen, um, uh, whilst the ambulance service uh, is en route. And that's now taken off across the UK. It's in the NHS long-term plan. It's across New Zealand, Australia, and US and other places. It's, it's, that's, that's the core of what we uh, started with. And it's absolutely incredible. You were very kind to give me a demo recently of, of the work that, that's happened around it and the work that, that it does. I mean, obviously, you mentioned about cardiac arrest there, but what are the other facilities that are within the Good Sam app um, that, that uh, people use across across the UK and around the world? Yeah. Well, that's actually right. Cardiac arrest is now quite a, sm- a small part of what we do. Just to finish off the cardiac arrest a little bit for a second, just so people really understand the differences here. If you have a cardiac arrest on the streets of Watford or London or anywhere in the UK, but your chances of survival are around 9%, which is not great. Uh, if you have a cardiac arrest in Heathrow Airport, your chances of survival are over 80%. And it's the same people who walk around the streets of Watford who walk around Heathrow Airport. The difference is, is that uh, in Heathrow Airport, you, you're, um, you've got an ADs, a defibrillators at every other gate, and most aircrew are trained in basic life support. So what we want to do is bring um, technology to try and recreate that and try and improve uh, survival in, in these people who are otherwise often very fit and well. Um, so that is the cardiac arrest size, but it's used in a lot more than other than cardiac arrest. Um, probably what we're most well known for at the moment is uh, providing the NHS volunteer response service uh, during COVID. So um, there's about 800,000 people now who are amazing people who are on the platform who are being requested to help uh, those who are socially, uh, sorry, uh, socially isolating either because they've got COVID or because they're at risk of COVID. Uh, and that's uh, more than a couple of million people now. 
uh, and it's providing them with check-in and chat so they're not lonely. It's providing them with uh, medication uh, from the pharmacy. It's de delivering food, transport hospital, uh, all these sort of roles that uh, volunteers can uh, help with. Uh, and also uh, providing vaccinator stewards now for the vaccination centers. Um, and that in a way is, is a massive undertaking because that's uh, there's more people on than Uber and Deliveroo combined. Uh, and it's managing a big uh, uh, group of people uh, in a way um, that has never been done in that volunteer sector before. Um, so that's really exciting. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's, that's another example we're doing. But the, probably the really big stuff that we're doing is around our use of video. And many of the 999 and 111 services now are using uh, video to be able to see what's going on in emergency type environments. So uh, if you dial um, 999, for example, and they want to be able to see what you see, I see the patient or see the cat, the accident, uh, they can open up the cameras of your mobile phone without needing to download any apps. They can locate you and measure your pulse rate and respiratory rate directly through the video feed that comes through. And that's uh, really quite game changing, especially in a time of COVID when you don't really want to be transporting people to hospitals unless they're ill. Um, so in terms of triaging patients, which means sort of assessing who needs to what kind of resources and, and where they go, uh, this can make a big impact on efficiency of service, which then means that the service can be more available for the people who really do need it when there's a real emergency, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And and um, you, as I say, you were actually very kind to uh, show me a demo the other day, which I want to explore a little bit when we speak in a moment. But the yeah. uh, just on the volunteering side of things, I mean, uh, I remember hearing originally when the request went out for people to volunteer uh, during COVID, and um, the fact that the Good Sam app was able in in an incredibly short period of time to handle the number of requests and the incredible public will to want to help and have uh, 800,000 people sign up for it. That must have been uh, not only incredibly overwhelming from a, um, uh, an inspirational perspective, but also technology-wise, that must have been incredible. How did you manage to, to deal with that volume in such a short period of time? Yeah. So um, the, the platform is extremely robust. Ali Gorbongoli, who's the co-founder and technical lead, um, we've always um, developed this with an ability to scale elastically uh, to what to any surges or anything that's required. And obviously with COVID and with, with um, a, a massive volume of people, which uh, its peak was 4,000 people per second registering as volunteers with uploading passports or driving license. It wasn't just like filling in a form. It was proper huge amounts of data, 4,000 people per second. Uh, and we just, we can expand, you know, it's cloud-based. It's how it's, um, uh, we have an ability to just uh, absorb that. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, uh, if you look at many other things that have struggled, uh, I think it is really, um, we should be, we are really proud uh, of the fact that we've been able to provide that and, and keep it um, always 100% active, always 100% uptime, uh, 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 and, and yeah, it, to be fair, it's it, one of the things I've always said about this. Is, it, this is a combination of technology and community. Mm -hmm. So with technology, you require security and you require that ability to upscale and rapidly deploy. With community, you require governance and other elements to make that work. And I hope, I believe that we have really tried to sort of perfect both of those from a technology point of view and from a uh, governance point of view as, be as best we can. It's absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, the goodwill that was shown, but really the, the ability to cope with that is, is phenomenal. I mean, 
it's uh, I, I recently set up actually an all party parliamentary group for digital health. And one of the things I, you know, in that looking at is the sort of a, the, the emergence of science fiction into science fact in terms of what's actually possible. And what you showed and continually do day after day with the Good Sam app really does at times feel like it verges on, on the science fiction in terms of the, the ability to save lives. Uh, one of the things you showed me when you did the demo the other day was this incredible tool using AI to uh, to monitor one's uh, heartbeat. I just wondered if you'd mind sharing a little bit of the detail on that uh, via the camera. Yeah, so we've got a system that can um, open up people's kind of, again, they don't need to download anything. There are systems out there that have been on the news um, that uh, require you to download an app, but in an emergency situation, that's just not what you want. You don't want to be told to download an app. So we have a system that we've built and patented and completely developed in-house, which is a which measures vital signs, so pulse and respiratory rate, directly through the camera. Um, and uh, yeah, that's profoundly useful, especially in places, uh, remote places, uh, where you need to be able to get ideally observations and vital signs analysis that make well, help support decisions. I mean, your decisions are going to be based on what your, the patient's telling you and what they look like, but this supports the, your decisions um, uh, 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 and, and gives sort of objective evidence uh, to those decisions. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty um, it's, it's pretty clever stuff. The other thing is is that this always you always find that there's other uses. So the the what you this technology which is in everyone's pocket um, it has huge uses for police. So the, we've got now Bevershire, Cambridgeshire, Hertfordshire, Met Police, um, uh, uh, Dorset, uh, West Yorkshire. Lots of lots of police services now using this because it means they can see on scene immediately what is going on. Uh, you know, and if that's a violent um, uh, type of incident, then they can be uh, situationally aware when they arrive, who's got the knife, for example, all that sort of thing. And they can ID people and forward that video. That's the other thing. It's not just like Zoom or Skype. It's not just one of these sort of video where you have to download an app and that's all you can do. You can forward the video in a controlled manner to colleagues, uh, to other services, so that they can ID the person who happens to be running around the corner. Actually, if there's a police around there who's already seen the video, they can they know who they're going for. So there's all, and it can be used for bail because you can locate people. There's, there's tons of other uses other than just um, the medical side. And what I would say is, is that actually, the more, I, the more I see this, the more I passionately believe it's all the same thing. Whether you're looking after patients or looking after the public from a policing point of view, you're doing the same job. You're looking after people. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it makes sense to be using this technology at this time when um, when we are constrained in in, our, in how much we can actually uh, respond to and how quickly we can respond. And it's and it really is incredible. And I think that the beauty of it as well, from everything you showed me, that the the number of safeguards and no security is at the heart of it. So you know, from a public perspective, actually, it's it's both safe looking after their privacy and, and, and secure, but also enables them to, to either for others to save their lives or for them to, to help others. I mean, one of the, one of the things that really um, was powerful that you showed as well, uh, especially for a place like Watford. So Watford, as you'll know, is a very diverse community. And, um, and within that, we have people who's, you know, the majority of people is their first language is obviously English, but actually second language and sometimes first language isn't English. And, um, and from a global perspective as well, not everyone uh, speaks the same language, but might need help from others. And um, you showed me a, a brilliant facility, which is a, a live translation. I wondered if you'd share uh, some of your learnings from that as well. Yeah. So, so again, um, 
classically, if you've got someone who's on the phone to a 11 or 999 and they don't speak English, you then have to use a translator. So you have to dial another number, find someone who can translate. That all takes time to find the right person. They connect through, they introduce themselves. And then there's a delay whilst you speak and then they listen and then they speak and then the other person speaks back and then it comes back. So in an emergency situation, this is not ideal. Um, so what we've done on the smartphone system is, is that um, uh, it can translate into 104 languages in real time as it happens. So if I speak to you in English and you speak German or Spanish or any of the 104 languages, Chinese, whatever it might be, uh, you will see the words that I'm speaking underneath the video image in real time. Um, uh, so again, this can make a big difference, especially when people um, uh, need urgent help, be it medical help or police type help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think one of the, the things that really came through from, from the conversation and from your points earlier, it's that speed, isn't it? It's the, as you say, the, the quicker somebody gets CPR or gets support on site, the, the more likely you're likely to save their lives. I mean, uh, you know, from your perspective, I mean, where do you see this going over the next 5, 10, 20 years? Not just for the good SAM app, but the use of technology within the digital space to, to enable that speed yeah. of response. So I've always felt that we talk about, you know, as, a, as medics, we often look at, as, as, as clinicians, we often look at drugs as being the solution of like, we need, need a new drug that stops your brain from, you know, from whether it's cytotoxic cascade or whatever kind of brain injury thing that we're trying to, uh, but actually it's not drugs usually, it's actually logistics and, and actually getting the logistics right and getting the right person to the right place quickly for the definitive treatment. Um, and even if that's just holding someone's airway open on scene, for someone who's lost their airway, for example, they had a bang on the head, and that's where I come from, my head injuries, but had a bang on the head and they lose their airway. They then die of the hypoxic injury. And all someone needs to do is go and hold their airway open. If we can empower the person who's standing next to them because we can see what's going on and go, actually, you need to hold their airway open and work through other people's hands, uh, we can save lives on a daily, many, you know, many times a day. Um, uh, this is a, you know, a thing that's that's real and that's just a, that's just one example but the same example for whether it be a violent situation that might be erupting that could be calmed down because actually they know a policeman's looking at them so um uh, there's all kinds of ways that this can be used uh, going forward and we you know we want to keep working with government with uh, all the all the organizations public organizations uh, that we work with um and charities we work with many many charities We've got over 200 organizations on the platform uh work with them to to sort of keep uh, the ethos of this being right and and uh, uh, and really keep making these these differences. Absolutely incredible. And and, and you know, uh, forgive the, uh, the 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 question, but I mean, how many people do you think? How many lives do you think have been saved through the Good Sam app over uh, since its inception? Yeah, it's really it's really difficult to tell because I mean, we were hearing of a cardiac arrest sort of life saved probably every other day pre COVID. The problem with COVID is a lot of people have been frightened to do CPR. Um, uh, and so we've seen a bit of a drop off during that. And some of the ambulance services haven't been utilizing it fully because of uh, lack of, well, not lack of PPE, but because bystanders might not necessarily have PPE with them, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, and actually in reality, the resource council doesn't advise you needing PPE. You put your mask on if you've got it in your pocket uh, or you put a towel over the patient's um, mouth or symbol, pull up the shirt, do CPR and then wash your hands. That's, that's the guidance. But unfortunately, as a result of COVID, many people have, uh, have not had CPR early and the, and the cardiac arrest survival rate has fallen by about half. But pre that, we were hearing a survival from that every other day. But there's tons of other stuff. So, you know, uh, uh, there was a case a few weeks back where a lorry was pulled over with illegal immigrants and it, and it was located because of the Good Sam app. And they were all in the back of a lorry that may well, they, may well asphyxiated in. 
otherwise. So that's the location function saving people. Um, the, the fact that people might turn up, they might not be in cardiac arrest, but they might be having a seizure. And again, someone might ho- open their airway. So all these sorts of things can save people's lives or at least make people's lives better. Um, and it's really, really, really difficult to quantify that. Yeah, but no, um, we're sorry, pretty sure it does on a regular basis. Question, but I imagine it's uh, it's <laughs> an incredibly yeah. high number uh, from everything that you've told me, and uh, it's an incredible app. Um, I mean, just just to, to finish off, really, I mean, for um, from a sort of general member member of the public who's listening right now, what what would you say to them? Uh, you know, in terms of the Good Sam app, would you ask them to download it? Would you ask them to advise it to a clinician? I mean. What, what for a normal member of the public would you uh, would you recommend for the Good Center? So, so first thing, if you are if you are listening to, and you happen to be a member of the NHS or police or fire, where as part of your statutory training you are trained to do CPR, or if you can do CPR because you've done it as first aid at work or whatever, then please do register on the system. You just have to upload your work ID or your uh, first aid certificate, and that gets you on as a responder. And then London Ambulance Service or the other ambulance services contribute and just to reassure you your chance of getting alerted are about twice a year so it's not like you're on call all the time but it's for that time when you happen to be in the shops or your next door neighbor is having a cardiac arrest and the first you know about it normally is when the ambulance arrives actually what would happen is you'll get a, a little siren on your phone that says, can you go and help you go and help do cpr for a few minutes and then the ambulance arrive a few minutes later um so your chance of being used about two or three times a year that's normally about it uh, so if you are trained please sign up if you're not trained um then please um yeah try and get trained if you can and there's lots of uh, opportunities out there even online opportunities to get trained in cpr and and that's a really important thing and then i guess the other thing is is that to be aware that if you do dial 999 or 111 or equivalent they might well ask you if it's okay to open your mobile phone cameras using this system and just so you know it's a real thing it's not a um it's not a make-believe thing if they ask you to do that yeah. I oh, know that's absolutely brilliant. Well, look, all I would say is, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done. I think, you know, in of itself, getting the 800,000 volunteers signed up through the Good Sam app last year was was a real beacon of light, I think, at the time for when we were in the depths of the, the start of the pandemic. But the fact that it's it's so uh, entrenched in, in saving lives and changing lives more broadly than that, I think is just utterly uh, inspiring. And uh, thanks for all the work that you've done to develop it and, and continue to do with your team and your, your co-founder to make that happen. Well, thank you for the support. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Well, that, that, that's uh, finishing off our um, latest episode of Watford Matters with Dean Russell. Uh, I'm the Member of Parliament for Watford and we uh, do these regular podcasts with leaders and inspirational figures such as Mark on a regular basis. You can watch other uh, episodes of this or listen to other episodes on Spotify, on Apple um, Music, on all of the main uh, podcast channels. Just search for What the Matters with Dean Russell. But for now, I'd just like to say a huge thank you to Mark, not just for being a guest, but for all the incredible work he's doing. And uh, thank you for listening.